What's up, nerds? What's going on? Uh, uh, we've been away a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it has been a minute. Back today with episode 55 of the Bento Box Gaming Podcast. Yeah. Uh, I am, as always, one of your hosts, Nicholas, and that sultry voice you just heard was Jordan Malik. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I, as busy as it has been, like, I don't have anything, you know, like, to show for it. <laughs> like, it was just like I was working a ton. Like, we had some, like... I mean, yeah, I mean, you got money to show for it. That That is true. That That is very true. I, I'm, I'm, I'm collecting overtime this week. Let's go, baby. Overtime yeah, like, with the animals. Yeah, overtime with the animals. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, you know, a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, just been busy. Like, that, that's all it is. And playing Death Stranding in my free time, I'm almost done. Oh, the, the PS5 version? Uh, I actually haven't upgraded yet. I think I'm going to, because I've already, like, I started playing it before the director's cut dropped. So I think once I can feel like I'm in like the third act, I'm almost like I'm almost done the second act. Um, but once okay. I once I'm into like the third act, I might upgrade it just to see what because I've heard that it just really just gives additional like tech and additional goodies, as well as like oh, yeah. all the visual upgrades. So it's like you know what I'll t I'll take yeah, no, I'll take boots that. that take away fall damage like that'd be fantastic you know. Yeah, that's no, actually that's super convenient because whenever I was playing Death Stranding, I found myself trying to mountain goat myself up the sides of cliffs and uh, falling a lot. You don't even know, so, like that would definitely come in handy to to not kill me. Just yesterday, I was uh, playing a little bit before work, and literally, I just kept reloading the save because I got I literally did it once where I got up the mountain in this particular way, and. Like mm -hmm. so, something happened, like I messed up and I fell like that. Like it was on me. It wasn't on the game. And then I couldn't recreate it. Like I couldn't get back up the way that I did. Uh -huh. And that like I was getting so frustrated. because so I was like, you did it. I we both did it together game. Why can't we do it now? <laughs> I'm holding up my end of the bargain. Where the fuck's yours? <laughs> That's <laughs> and, fantastic. And I eventually I just stopped and started watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Before. I mean, hey, sometimes that's all you need. Uh, yeah, that, we all need some more fresh prints in our lives. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. But how but, about you? Uh, what have you been well, up to? Cool. What, have you been playing anything? Have I been Actually, yes. And I'm going to be talking about it later on in the podcast because it has to do with some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. So I will talk about my gaming exploits very soon. Uh, as for anything else, though... Um, been doing more Pokemon TCG stuff over the break. Hell um, yeah. The 25th Celebration set just came out. So I've been hunting that down like a bandit and actually opened a bunch of cards this past weekend with uh, some friends of ours. Hell and yeah. were able to get like a lot of reproduction cards from like um, like back in the day. So like for those of you who, who don't know, like this year is the 25th anniversary of the Pokemon TCG. I don't know if it's like TCG specific or just Pokemon in general, whichever I think it might it's, be. It's Pokemon in general because um, they have that uh, Pokemon okay. anniversary album with Post Malone and Beyonce. Oh uh, yeah. Um, but it's funny because like I have a lot of the original cards like that they reprinted for this set, and it's funny 
because I can compare like the old to the new. Um, but I was able to get a lot of the stuff that I wanted, like uh, flying Pikachu, surfing Pikachu, the old fat chonky Pikachu. Hell yeah. Um, I didn't get the Charizard quite yet. I'm still waiting to find one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a lot of cool stuff, and like part of me like just wants to like I have doubles of some stuff. So I was debating. I actually was talking to uh, Nick Steph about this Steph Tendo. I was thinking about making like a 25th anniversary like plaque for Pokemon, where like I had like double of cards that I have for the new set mm-hmm. and putting them in a framed plaque with my originals and just having them like on the wall, like having like the old and the new and like the 25th anniversary logo in the middle. That hit, so I'll see about maybe doing something like that. That's tough. That 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 fucking yeah. it's hard. That shit rips ass. And then, like, if I really want to get, like, really fancy with it, maybe buy some fake reproductions of, like, red and blue <laughs> in there, because why not? Yeah, just you throw know, them in there. Spice it up a little bit. Make it as, you know, egregiously Pokemon as I can. So, <laughs> so that's been cool. But yeah, I got got to thank you for picking me up that uh, Pikachu playmat box from Target. Oh, yeah, no problem. That target, surprisingly, like, every other target's been on, like, Super Pokemon Lockdown. This random target I found in the middle of, like, Philly. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, all the shit was on the shelves. There was no limit. I bought, like, between my box and your box, I bought, like, four or five things. And Hell I just went to yeah. the self-checkout. It was, like, boop, just scan me right through, no problem. I was, like, all right, this is fucking we amazing. So I was able to get a partner pack. Two of those Pikachu playmat boxes, that regular Pikachu V Union box, uh, mm-hmm. which didn't scalp anything because I'm not an asshole. Uh, one's obviously, like you said, going to you, Jordan. One was for me, and then one was for our another friend, uh, Danger Wolf, who actually does the music for the podcast. So, Hell yeah. uh, that's all that's all fun and good. But, uh, but yeah, I'm ready to talk about some video games today. If you want to talk about some video games, let's talk about some video games. Yeah, let's talk about video games. So, in our absence. Uh, the final Sakurai Presents occurred. We got our last DLC announcement for Smash, and wouldn't you know, somehow the IP-protected gods uh, blessed Smash Brothers with Sora from the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, now, I know I probably don't have to really even go into who that character is. I mean, it was Goofy, obviously right? massive as much as I don't want it to be. <laughs> It's goofy, right? <laughs> goofy. No. But uh but yeah, so Sora's the last DLC character and I'm not particularly happy about it. I don't really care for Kingdom Hearts, but I know a lot of my friends who do love the series and have been wanting this character for a while, so like I'm happy for them. But at the same time I'm like, "Eh, I guess that's fine. It's whatever." They... But uh, I mean, I I know you casually play. Like how do you feel about it? They added the top four most requested characters at the end of the day, and I feel like we just need to respect them for that. Like, oh yeah. At the end of the day, did they just add another anime sword fighter? Yeah, <laughs> but they did. They uh, they actually did. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh yeah, I'm excited to play Sora. <laughs> like I'm not. <laughs> but you know. No. It, it, like I respect it. It's cool. It's like it's like same thing with uh, Terry and Cayuza and some of the other ones where it's like I doesn't do anything for me, but I at least recognize that there are people that are like that they've been waiting like years and years and years for this. So oh, it's like and th- those yeah. like 
those people are absolutely over the moon. So it's like, you know, I'm not happy, oh, but I'm yeah. glad y'all are. It's, I'm happy. I'm happy you're happy, happy. You know, I'm, th- yeah. I'm thinking of no, our, our old that. friend, Zach, you know, you know, there was a Zach sighting. Wait, was that? I thought that was someone that just looked like him. Nope, that was him. Wow, we'll talk about we'll, him. we yep, will talk more him. about that off podcast. But uh, yes, but I, regardless, I'm very happy for for him because he he's a big Kingdom Hearts fan, and you know I, I cannot imagine what some of the people's reactions were like. I I actually might go on YouTube and just look up Sora Kingdom Hearts reactions uh, to Smash. Oh yeah, why not? Because that, that's that's so much fun. Like they're um, so happy. Uh, yeah, I, I like seeing other people's happiness, even though it's my sadness. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. Gino was never coming. Um, G- G- Gino was never happy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's no reason that Sora happened with how intense that IP hold is with Disney. Shit, Square Enix, people who are on the board in Square Enix won't even reach out to Disney to do stuff in their own names with the Disney IP and Sora let alone Smash somehow getting it. Like, come on. Yeah, no, it's, it's the, absolutely wild. These are basically wild. some of the hardest companies to get IP rights from. It's it's wild. The, and that's probably why Sora was yeah. last. They've probably been trying to get Sora for the past 20 years. Yeah, they've been developing him this whole time. <laughs> um, Sora was supposed to be say, in Smash 64. You, yeah, did you watch the direct? Uh, No, I did not. Because I kind of so saw it, felt, it just on Twitter. Yeah, no, it felt weird because it oddly felt like a punctuation more so to the entire series, in yeah. my opinion, than just like the DLC train in general. Like, I don't know, like the, the general feeling I got was like t- Sakurai being like, all right, that's it. Smack done. I've done everything I could do. I'm I'm over it. And like, I don't know, I, I feel like if that's the last thing he does, he definitely went out with a bang. Yeah, I definitely got that same feeling from the different like pictures or clips and all that, the 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 screenshots and the the full clips themselves yeah. that I saw on Twitter. It it, it feels like Smash mm-hmm. is just like over and you know that they'll probably just end up porting this version of Smash once they do decide that it's finalized and there's no more patching to be done, no more balancing to be done. Then they'll just... I mean, there's always going to be balancing with Smash to be done. Is whether or not they feel like doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. But as long as they're, you know, once yeah. they've decided that, all right, it's good enough. You know, it's as balanced as we want it to be, and they'll, they'll, it's done. Mm-hmm. It's it's the ultimate Smash. I, we there was a lot of theories like way back when it was named Smash Ultimate that it was probably going to be the last one. And it's kind of weird to see that we're there and that Sakurai is probably going to retire soon. I mean, yeah, I know his, uh, he's ending his Famitsu uh, column that he's been writing for the past, I don't know how long. Um, and I know he's always talked about retiring early. And I mean, I think the man's in like his fifties. Yeah. He's... So if he's going to retire early now is kind of that window. Unless he wants to do like one final game that's not smash like that's probably it well the big thing with him is that he has a um uh neuromuscular issue with his dominant hand 
where mm-hmm. it's like it's very yeah. painful for him. Like I, his brain, like you know, the mind of Sakurai is still there, and I think he could be there in an executive producer kind of role and do whatever. But he's never going to code a game again after Smash. I don't think. I think he will only be a person that like visits a studio and then gives feedback. Which you know, I like, mean, yeah, he could be like a direct, like a producer. Yeah, yeah, like I think his days of like of like really making games might be done. Because also, I can't imagine him really like what game would even be next for him. You know, it's almost like I feel like it's even more different than like Kojima, because like at least Metal Gear was a very translatable game in that it was just an action adventure sure it was like a stealth and had all this you know it's a amazingly wonderful game but action adventure is a very broad genre that loud kojima to just kindly seamlessly stride into death stranding whereas yeah like sakurai has not made like a you know italics real video game non-fighting game whatever you want to call it has has not made a non-fighting game since what Kirby or S- Star Fox? Well, he made Kid I- that Kid Icarus game. Oh, Kid Icarus! You're right. He did Kid Icarus, which is still forever yeah. ago. Like yeah, I, I, mean, I feel Kid like Icarus that's Uprising was like one. I, was that like the first 3D? Like one of the first 3DS games? Let me let me check that year. Yes, please do, because even then, that was for the 3DS. Like, games have changed so much as a whole since then that, that that's going to be... Uh, uh, that game it? is almost 10 years old. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, 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 it's going to be a challenge for him to, like, you know, if he if he's going to be inside the, the dev studio and not just, like, you know, a figurehead that kind of shows up and gives feedback because his, his mind is as sharp as ever, but, you know, the actual oh, nitty-gritty yeah. of, you know, be, like, he won't, he'll, I don't think he'll ever direct a game again. I think producing is probably, like, like you uh, said, but never direct again. I also did Medios. Uh, interestingly enough, I never knew this, he does the voice acting for King DDD. No kidding! That's hilarious. He is credited with the voice acting. Yep. He has voiced King DDD since Kirby 64. That is amazing. I absolutely no, I actually, love it. Because he, he is the original creator of Kirby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, him like and, just knowing that he was like, fuck it. Him and I'm Awa- voice him. Him and Awada couldn't decide between pink and yellow. Sakurai wanted yellow. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... I, so, I, that's actually... That's a fun little... Uh, snippet yeah it's gonna be a really sad day when sakurai does kind of announce formally his i even even if he does he might not he might just kind of fade out because if especially if he does produce like consider something in producing he probably wouldn't want to like retire but then he's still in games you know i mean yeah that too i guess Besides it, like, being, like, the ending to Smash, it almost feels like the end of an era for Nintendo in general because, like, Sakurai's done. Miyamoto isn't hands-on like he was, you know, on games before. Like, obviously, like, he's involved with stuff, but he's oh, not yeah. actively, like, you know, creating games. He's just kind of being a supervisor, producer kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, sadly enough, a lot of passed away, you know, 
years ago. And, you know, a lot of the people who are there that made Nintendo Nintendo, I feel, are either, like, fading away into, like, behind-the-scenes oh, roles or just gone. Yeah. So it's 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 an interesting time at Nintendo. But, like, you know, hopefully it's, it's going to be for the better, though, too, at the same time. Because, like, you get some fresh minds in there, fresh blood, which, mm-hmm. I mean, from what something we're going to talk about later on the podcast seems like it really paid off for them. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's just, it's an interesting things going on there, but, uh, yeah, happy for everything that we got out of Smash, even though, like I said, sort of being the last character wasn't what I wanted. I'm still happy for people who wanted him. Yeah, so, absolutely. Good for him. Good for, good for you if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, because this is probably the last game you're going to get for a very long time, because, uh, how long do we wait for Kingdom Hearts 3? <laughs> like, t- I'm, I'm going to die before Kingdom Hearts 4 comes out. I will be dead, buried, if, and yeah. and already turned into a tree. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Uh, so some, we're actually going to stay pretty tightly in the Nintendo realm today on uh, on the show. So if you're, uh, if you're cool with that, come along with us. Because uh, next we're going to talk about, uh, they did mention, there was a Nintendo Direct a few weeks ago uh, that was a banger of a Direct. They, did, they mentioned that Animal Crossing was getting its own Direct on the 15th. So that is this Friday, Rooster, as well as some other things. Hell um, yeah. As far as what those other things are, I have no clue. I would love to see some things added to the game, like uh, a more more upgraded Nook nook store yeah or you know maybe some more multiplayer stuff to do because like as of right now there's not a lot of multiplayer things you can do in animal crossing like there was on like new new leaf on the 3ds so like i would love to see them add some stuff like that no it is very lackluster like you can't even sell stuff when someone's on your island like there's a lot there's a lot of really annoying barriers that it doesn't make sense as to why we can't do these things so like you can't do any remodeling when someone's there i feel like that because i also have to think what 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 are they going to talk about for like 30 minutes you know they can't you can't fill up 30 minutes of brewster as much as I love Brewster, the man does not hold 30 minutes of your attention. No, he does not. So, yeah, like there's got to be some other <laughs> some other things that they're adding to it. Um, because, like I said, when they originally announced that there was a specific direct coming for Crossing, I was like, oh, interesting. Because like if it was just Brewster they were adding, I feel like they would have just popped in the direct and be like, yeah, we got an owl. He makes coffee. Come get it. Like it was more, it was more like, Hey, we got more shit we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So like have fun with that. Yeah. Um, and they have also shown a, an ability to listen to the fans kind of, th- I think Brewster is actually a very, uh, I think Brewster yeah. is the biggest one. So like, I'm not trying to get hopes up too much, but it would make sense if, you know, what's it been two years and we're fu- we finally get the ability to have multiple saves. Like, it, it makes sense I to mean, me. Yeah, like that. Like, there's they add my, they, my they added online right play. That they, real quick, they added online play to Super Mario Party this year, like a couple months ago. Yeah. So like, <laughs> they'll do some dumb shit like that. Well, like that's my problem. That like. 
Nintendo adds like these things to the games that like are good additions, right? But like it's things that should have been there from like the jump. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a mat like they'd be like, hey guys, new update for Animal Crossing, you can sell your turnips. Like what the like, that's like that's a thing that's supposed to be there when you ship the game, friend. Like why you know, you wait two years for the ability to sell turnips. Like you're it, it just feels like a huge step back because um like they'll add a bunch of shit in and then the next mm-hmm. game comes out and a third of what they added is gone. And it really make any sense from a design standpoint. So Amen. Now so I I'm really excited to see what they uh include in that direct because I found I haven't played Animal Crossing in a while. I want to though. I just don't Same. feel motivated to. This might get me back into it. This might pull me back in. Agreed. Just when I thought I was Amen. out. Just when I thought I was out. Let me start a new island without losing my in. progress. That's all I want. Honestly, yeah, that's what I want. Um, but Nick, let's let's get into the next and potatoes. Yeah, but uh, but but next on our little uh, little adventure here today, I want to talk about. We're gonna talk a lot of Metroid just to round out this episode. So just you know, if you're if you're into that sort of thing, Nick, you don't even like uh, Metroid. What are we talking about Metroid. Why, why are I we spending so much time talking about Metroid? You barely like Metroid. Because I love Me- Metroid. Metroid Dread is your first um, so Metroid, Metroid game. Uh, no, yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, actually, what was my first Metroid? I want to say probably Super was my first mm-hmm. one. And, uh, um, but actually, uh, for 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 our totally for our uh, uneducated audience and not me, uh, what what console was that on? What was Super Metroid? What console was Super Metroid on? Was it on the Super NES? Was what? So pro tip, hey, pro tip. Let me just get real close here for you. If there's a game that Nintendo made, <laughs> and it says Super in the title mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the name. Chances are it came out for the uh, Super Nintendo. I just Nintendo wanted to make sure. System. Can't be too sure for for uh, the audience. For the audience, there's one caveat to that: it's Super Meat Boy. Everything else, <laughs> I, would, I would put money on. If it says Super and it's made specifically by Nintendo, it's probably on. It's probably on Super Nintendo. Probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Super Metroid was was on Super Nintendo, and it's actually Metroid number three because i know there's a lot of confusion when metroid dread was announced because they're like metroid 5 huh prime 4 didn't even come out yet whoa it's like no it's a different series (laughs) it's a completely it's a a side series so that so metroid is split in between the 3d games and the 2.5 or two 2d games Mm -hmm. um so metroid dread is the last canonically so far in that line of games uh so over the weekend uh, when you asked me hey nick Playing the games this weekend, I did. I comp- I started and finished uh, Super Metroid. Uh, Love that game to death. And then I also, for the first time, started playing Metroid Zero Mission, and blew about halfway through that in the inside of two hours. Uh, it's a very quick game. Uh, Zero Mission is just Metroid for the NES remade to be more palatable. Um, I've played Metroid on the NES. Uh, one time and one time only because that game, as much as I love Metroid, Metroid on the NES, I would not wish my enemy to play that game because it is just <laughs> ridiculous. It's a, it's an honestly like 
you, you can definitely feel the time that it came out because it's just Nintendo hard for no fucking reason. Uh, so if you're interested in playing the first game, play Zero Mission. I got it on GBA. I think it's on the Wii U Virtual Console. I know Fusion is. So you might be able to check it out there. So I'm, I'm playing through that right now because my copy of Dread actually hasn't come in yet. What? Still in the mail. Oh, but you bought it Still digitally. You bought it digitally though, right? Nope. Because I was like, you know what? Let me just, let me not spend 60 bucks because I already spent 90 on the collector's edition. Wow. Let me behave myself. Let me try and keep my cool for a little bit. And uh, because it's supposed to be coming on the 13th. So I will have it that, like in, in the inside of two days. Like, it will be mine. Yeah. So uh, it's it's fine. But at the same time, I am dying inside because I'm just seeing all the great scores it's getting. Um, literally, everybody I know who is playing it is loving it, except for one person. My brother actually does not like the game, which I'm it, I, I He told me why he doesn't like it. And I'm interested mm-hmm. to see where I fall because like. He and I usually have the same opinions on video games, typically speaking. And like, mm-hmm. met, like as much as I love Metroid, I feel like he's in the same boat of like it's one of his most favorite games. So like, it's interesting that he didn't like it. So I don't know. I'll have to try it out for myself and see where I fall. But like I know, like I said, I know most people are really, really enjoying it. It's very interesting. So I'll be getting that soon. I did get the amiibos in the mail today. Hell yeah! Uh, I ordered the Emmy and the Samus amiibo from Amazon Japan. The, and both of those came in today. It's M E, like uh, like uh, M E. M E is in Mike and uh, Elephant. No, E M M I. Oh, it stands okay. for something. I don't know what that like, is. I forget what it. <laughs> I forget what it is. Honestly, like the TV, uh, yeah, it's, like it's the TV e. award, almost. Oh yeah, but instead of a Y, it's an I. Got it. Yeah, that amiibo looks fucking dope. Like it looks very yeah, they, good. They they look fucking great. Yeah. They are they are robots designed to hunt down and kill Samus Aran. And I gotta figure out why. <laughs> uh, so I will be launching my teeth into that very soon. Uh were you planning on getting it? I, I wasn't I remember if you were or not. Not I've never actually played a Metroid. Okay. So I know uh, a that... good place to start if you're interested is super on the NES or the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I don't know why I said it like that, like a serial killer <laughs> uh, on the virtual console on the Switch. I I really might um, because I'll probably get to dread eventually. I'm at a point in uh, life where I can't. I I just can't be buying every single game day one. My my wallet yeah. can't afford that. Um, but yeah. And plus, I don't got that kind of time. I end, by the end by the time I end up getting around to a game, it's already been on sale, and I'm like, "Fuck, why did I do this to myself?" But I do plan yeah. on playing Metroid Dread at some point, so I I guess that's actually a good thing to uh, to know to try Super Metroid to see if I would even like it. Yeah, because from what I, I've been told, it's it plays a lot like the same. Like Super Metroid and, and Metroid Dread have a lot of similarity in their gameplay style. Ooh, uh, so you could really find yourself uh, getting getting a good taste of what Dread is like. Um, just a, a forewarning, a big part of Metroid in general is exploration and kind of backtracking. You get upgrades over time, mm-hmm. and then there's areas you can access before um, certain upgrades are hidden. So, like, there's a lot of times where you think you might be stuck or, like, soft-locked, but, like, literally the game just rewards you for just trying literally anything you can think of 
which oh, I always man. loved because I felt like it was a super immersive way to get yourself into the game. Because like, you know, put yourself in Samus's, I was gonna say shoes, but I guess boots. <laughs> um, like if you went to uh, in some games, not every game, because I had the first game she is on her home planet or Metroid Super Metroid she's on her home planet. Um, you know, if you were sent somewhere that you weren't familiar with the environment, you wouldn't know where everything was. So, like, you have to basically, like, I'm just going to fucking try everything. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it, it to me, it has a, a bit of immersion aspect to it because, like, just as you would be lost playing the game, I feel like, you know, Samus in real life, like, even though she's this badass bounty hunter, would also be just like, where the fuck am I? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, there's so. definitely, I feel like that's something that uh, is used a lot in games. That's a, especially way back when, when it was used, like, when resources were limited. So you'd want to like oh, yeah, reutilize sure. set pieces and all that, but it's still very immersive because, like you said, like how the fuck am I supposed to know where I'm going? Sometimes it's just a little brainless when you're always just moving right, you know. Uh, yeah, we'll get you Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the topic I wanted us to really discuss today. It's a very interesting one, in my opinion. I know it's one that people have been really going back and forth uh, with each other on uh, the wonderful website known as Twitter.com. Uh, so there's an article came out from Kotaku not too long, uh, saying that, like, hey, you like Metroid Dread? Here it is, emulated on PC. And basically, it delved into this conversation regarding games. Yeah. Um, and people are like, well, they aren't specifically, like, they're like in the, in the reply saying, like, well, Kotaku isn't telling you to blatantly download and steal games. And then somebody would like, actually, and then went into the article and wrote that, like, hey, they want you to steal, they want you to steal games. So my thing is this. This is where I kind of stand with it. A game that you can no longer get, right? Like whatever. Just think of a game. Just whatever game you might, you know, you, there's no feasible way for you to buy, play, whatever, a game without having to buy a copy for like an expensive amount of money. Uh, for instance, I was only able to play Snatcher for the Sega CD because I went out and bought a copy of a $700 game and a $500 console to play a game. Yes. Right? So, like, in that case, I feel like emulating is fine because unless you have the means to, like, do what I did, like, there's other ways to go about it. Um, and there's a whole games preservation thing to it, too, right? So, like, you know, if games kind of just get lost forever and somebody has a copy of that game and they dump the ROM and they put it online for everybody to play and just to kind of preserve it. Stuff like that is fine. Yeah. Um, but when you're blatantly like coming out like two days after a game was released and saying like, hey, you should, you know, find some way to steal this game and play it and play it on your PC because it plays better. That is where I kind of draw the line. Uh, my thinking with that comes in because I know there'll be are like, well, they're a multi-million dollar company. It's fine. They can stand to lose some money for, for the game. And truthfully, like, that would be... That, that is true, right? So, like, there's always that whole thing of, like, hey, if you steal from Walmart, they don't they don't lose a lot of money. 
Uh, however, people who work there get punished. There's yes. That. Um, companies will see that and then like they'll cancel their games because they don't want their games to be pirated. So like case in point, um, I actually found a good Twitter thread today uh, posted by who was it now? Uh, Chris, Chris Dring, is that his name? Christopher Dring uh, for games.biz, gamesindustry.biz, where he talks about how uh, specifically the R4 card for the DS, that the damage that did, it was so pronounced to stop making games for the DS and Square Enix canceled projects or moved them to other platforms altogether. Um, and for those of you who don't know what the R was, basically the R4 card was a blank DS cartridge that you could just dump ROMs onto and play them on your system. Um, a bit easier to do than what you would have to do to, to emulate Switch games on your PC, but like I feel like nowadays most people would be able to, to do that. Um, and then actually, too, there's another article that I read from the same website, GameIndustry.biz, from October 2010, where Ready at Dawn... Uh, oh, I guess I lied. We're, we are dubbing into companies here. Uh, Ready at Dawn, the <laughs> developers of Go God of War, Ghost of Sparta, claim that the policy that Sony faced with the PSP uh, caused a lot of issues with developers because now, like, they're seeing how rampant it was. And then all of a sudden, they were just like, well, we can put a game out on the PSP, but it's just going to get stolen. We won't make our money back. So I think the idea that just downloading the copy of the game that many times for free doesn't hurt the one company. Yeah, sure, that's fair. But what you gotta understand is you're hurting, the, you're, you're causing damage to company's bottom line. And what I mean by that is, cause I'm not here to be a bootlicker to a, a million dollar company, but what I mean is to come out, you vote with your dollar. That's how you do it with literally everything. Amen. You don't want something, you don't buy it. You do want something, you vote with your dollar. Um, you know, and it's funny too, because when Nintendo fans, it seems pretty rampant where they'll complain about stuff that Nintendo does and then buy the same game that they complained about. Oh my God. And they get yeah. pissy when Nintendo con continues to do the things that they do. It's like, well, you gave them money and you were like, hey, here's 60 bucks. I like what you did there. So, like, pick a side, honestly, yeah. just pick a side. Um, yeah. So, the amount of people that, that were just losing their minds over Super Mario 3D All Stars, but then they, they still bought it like yeah that's like yeah like i i like I, yeah, that, I i just don't get i don't understand the mental gymnastics sure is it the best thing to be doing like maybe not no but people were losing their freaking minds over it just don't buy it yeah that, that's so that's exactly my point is like people complained fucking for weeks and months about the Super Mario 3D Land or whatever the fuck it was called, the 3D All-Stars Collection, because, oh, it was a inferior version of the games. It wasn't going to look good. I can make that game look better on my PC, blah, 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 blah. People bought, people bought it. They all bought yeah. it. <laughs> Everybody the, who complained about the it people bought it. that were complaining you know, it, bought it, it. it. That's what I'm saying. So, like, people don't understand that, like, these companies don't operate. Like, Nintendo as a company doesn't operate to make things that people necessarily want per se. What I mean by that is like, they're not going to make some obscure game and take a huge loss on it and then be like, all right, well, we're going to keep making that game. But no, Nintendo's a business. They have a bottom line. They have people to pay. They have overhead. Like they're, they're a huge business. So yeah. you figure, okay, well, you look at a game like Metroid, right? Where Metroid's last series entry, Metroid, Fu well, Metro the 2D Metroid, oh, was that? 
was Fusion. I think Fusion was the last entry. If not, it was Prime or one, like one of the Prime games. But the last entry to the Metroid series, which I believe to be Fusion, sold like 2.58 million copies or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the only game that's like the, the Nintendo game that sold better than that was the number six, 16th sales game for Zelda, which was Spirit Tracks. So, yes. like, the reason why we get so much Zelda is because people bu- keep buying Zelda games. And Zelda is a profitable game series for the company. The reason why we haven't gotten Metroid, or a large part of the reason why we haven't gotten Metroid for so long, is because that series has never really sold that well. It's always kind of been a niche. T- like as much as people like can point out Samus Aran in a police lineup, like that game has been a niche game. Yeah. Whether people like to admit it or not. So, you know, when you look at the likes of like Mario games and Zelda games and stuff like that, like it doesn't sell for Nintendo the way those games do. So they're not going to keep cranking out games in that series because it just doesn't, you know, make sense for them too. So flash, uh, flash forward 19 years later and we have Metroid Dread coming out you know, the best way to show Nintendo, like, hey, we still want to see this franchise live and thrive is buying the game. So, yeah, will will piracy 100% tell Nintendo people don't want the game anymore? No. But does it hurt it just enough to maybe sway them a little bit? It could. Because there's obviously, like I gave the the examples of uh, Square Enix and Take-Two before. And if you look back, far, far back into, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, one of the major issues that plagued the Dreamcast was how easy it was to rip and burn pirate games for the system. Was it the the thing that killed the Dreamcast? Fuck no. Sega and that was a mess. <laughs> but did it help it? Oh, 100%. So that's that's my whole take on it. I mean, like, how do you feel about it, Jordan? I, I think you hit a lot, of the, a lot of the right notes. And I think something that people need to kind of remember is that there? When you pirate a game because you don't like Sony or you don't like Nintendo, whatever, you have this, you know, anti-capitalist like mindset of just like, yeah, they don't need my money. Like Walmart, like you know, what? Like if you steal from Walmart, they're not gonna miss that money, but someone's gonna be held accountable for it one way or another. There, yes. there will be a consequence of that. And I kind of want to cycle back to you were mentioning Ready at Dawn with PSP. So this article with Alec uh, Alec Mir uh, was the one that wrote it. Uh, It was published in October of 2010. uh, And he mentions, this was actually before uh, Ghost of Sparta came out. So this was a like yeah. preemptive, like ready, ready at dawn was saying that it is actively, before our game has even come out, it is already hurting our game, uh, piracy. And so much so yeah. that ready at dawn had to downsize in July before the game released because like if a company doesn't want to to pay because you know they're going to lose the money anyway that someone has to cover the cost in some way so if you're pirating mm-hmm. a game they're going to save that they're going to get that dollar back from someone else it's a lose lose situation like it really is where people from Ready at Dawn lost their jobs yeah. And, you know, it's all like it's great to hold middle fingers to these giant corporations when we can. But that that's not like stealing isn't the way. Because no, it's, and- it, you're better off just ignoring it altogether, because then 
it, that is the real way because they won't see that really coming. That is just a failure because they want it to do well, you know? Whereas if piracy, that like that is a, a, a constant issue where it's like they can forecast that better. Yeah. And like like I was saying earlier, there's different ways you can show a company little finger, right? Like so if many. you if you look at a game and like I know like right now, right? Like Pokemon Arceus is getting a shit ton of flack because of how shitty it looks. Mm-hmm. But people are still gonna buy it. Like, don't don't buy it. Literally, do not buy it. People are gonna. If you think that game looks like shit, it. don't buy it. Yeah, don't waste your own you know, time with it. It's fucking. Um, what's the? Oh, Age of Calamity. That game looked like shit, mm-hmm. and it still looks like shit. And people still bought it because it said Zelda on the box. Like, the way you 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 fight corporations and the and the way you you protest that is by not buying their thing in general but like you got people who are like well i'm just gonna steal it because i want to play it anyway well no because <laughs> that doesn't hurt the, the corporation it hurts the little guy and it hurts the people who are maybe fans yeah so because at the end of the there, day there's go- ways to go about doing these things going back to that walmart metaphor and example you steal from a walmart the store manager is held responsible if he keeps letting people steal from his store he will lose his job and then loses his sense of income or his source of income yes and that like that that that's the the part that these people are forgetting when they just say oh like you know i can steal from a billion dollar corporation like you're not actually stealing from them you're really stealing from the middle guy in the middle that is working to actually get that to you you're not you're not yeah. just stealing from you know miyamoto and doug bowser you're stealing from the directors from the coders to the art designers to to everyone every people that yeah. worked on rigging and animation it's you know, it goes a lot deeper than what what than what people want to to say, because yeah, you know, and no one is ever going to argue against game preservation. I no one no. ever will. Like maybe only Nintendo, <laughs> and that's just because they're yeah. assholes. And the thing is, for me, right? Like a lot of Nintendo, like a lot of fans of Nintendo properties, like. A lot of where their kind of spite for the company comes in, and I see this a lot in the Smash community, and like I don't really care if this causes a brouhaha, I'm just gonna say it anyway. Like there's been a lot of people lately who have been pissed off at Nintendo because Nintendo will swoop in and tell like a, a Smash competition, like, hey, you can't run this modded version of Smash. Mm-hmm. And like like fucking Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. They keep trying to do it over and over and over again, and every yeah. time Nintendo catches wind of it, they cancel it. And like, well, why do you keep setting yourself up for failure? Either a host it and don't publicly advertise it in a space like that, <laughs> or b just realize, hey guys, we can't play this modded version of a game that a company is completely within its legal rights to be like, hey, don't fuck with our IP like that, like. I don't know how else to really say it. Like, I get it, and I understand the frustration, but, like, some companies are cool with people doing stuff like that. Nintendo is not one of those companies. You just have to accept it. And if you're pissed off that Nintendo does shit like that, then stop buying their stuff. Exactly. Vote with your dollar. If if you're that pissed off. So. Yeah. And and 
you know, because Nintendo is a lot more strict on the whole slippery slope idea. Because that that's the reason they crack down on everything. Because if they if they let one oh, yeah. person do something, then why can't they let this other person do something? You know, they, they if they let the the people who made Kenna Bridge of Spe- uh, Bridge of Spirits make their Zelda movie, then what's stopping someone else from making like a really shitty one that also is like anti-Semitic or whatever? That it's a really hateful. But it's Zelda, so you yeah. know they don't want to associate with that, so they just don't let anyone do nothing. Disney does the same thing. So many, so many corporations do the same thing with their intellectual property. It's yeah. Once you reach that tippy top tier level, so it's you know you just got to realize that it's it's bigger than just the one. It's big. It's bigger than just that. Though they don't want you me to play this one modded version. You can play it on your own. Yeah. Just don't make money from it. Don't draw it to the public eye. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a smart way to go about it. And yeah. like, if you're the definition of insanity is you keep trying and you think your your chances are going to change. Like, mm-hmm. okay, keep keep up because it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah. So anyway, back to you know, just kind of wrap this this up a little bit further. Like, you know. Like we were saying with games preservation, is it important? hundred percent. I'm down percent. If there was absolutely no way to play any Metro and the only way you could get it is from a ROM dump that somebody did online, go for it. Yeah. hundred percent behind that. Now I know Nintendo is being ridiculous with cracking down on shit like that. And in that case, I hate Nintendo for that. hundred percent. Yeah. But did I, I think it's physical anyway. Um, but in, in the case of, you know, Metroid Dread, a game that came out two days ago, and it's a series that has been kind of on the back burner for the longest time, like, but we tell her, show them you want more stuff like this if, if you like it. And then that goes for any studio. Like, I, have we had this conversation? I think it was when, what was that game by Sony Bend? Days Gone. Yeah. Like, Days Gone came out, and it sold good. But it didn't sell good enough that, you know, a sequel was was greenlit. So it's like, and then like later on, people are like, well, where's a sequel? I was like, well, nobody bought it. You know, that's yeah. the kind of thing that happens. That's how it works. So at the end of the day, the companies like Nintendo and Sony, all of it, just, they just want to make money. And like, there, I, I don't believe there's a lot of companies out there who are doing things out of like for passion projects anyway, in, in recent years anyway. You still get some, but not a lot. So the best way to show companies that like, hey, I want this IP to thrive is by, you know, paying money to play their thing or watch their thing or, you know, and I, and I know it's not completely like pirates that cause the failure of certain things. Like there's a oh, lot no. of other yeah. aspects in, 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 in on that that can cause the failure of a product or service or whatever have you. But I think just to go willy nilly and being like, well, piracy doesn't hurt anything or, you know. The, the meme is, it's always morally right to pirate from Nintendo. It's like, well, not really, because Nintendo doesn't get hurt. The developer gets hurt, and then you're you're hurting somebody's livelihood, and that's not cool. So, but, uh, Jordan, did you have anything else you want to talk about with today's topic, or are you uh, cool to wrap up? Uh, no, uh, just kind of looping around a little bit. I want to ma- mention that you're right that corporations aren't, like, doing passion projects, but they are funding pa- they're like they're funding people who are passionate and have proven that they can make money. Like yeah. is is Corey Barlog super passionate about God of War? Hell yeah. Would they give him the money to make God of War if he couldn't make make the money back? 
Hell no. Like, Kojima, as passionate as he is, like, Sony would not be giving him money to make a Death Stranding if they didn't think they'd get it back. Like, these businesses are not in not in the business of giving money away. Like, they always are yeah. trying to make it back one way or another. Like, we the there are so many passionate game devs all throughout the industry and the only reason that they're in place is that they've proven that they can do their job and make money that's it yeah that's that's the long and short of it honestly so you know i know there's a lot of conflicting opinion opinions on this this topic especially if you go on twitter because you have a lot of people who are like you know we just say just random bullshit and it just sounds funny just to hear them talk um but uh but yeah so we would love to hear your opinion on this, honestly, uh, as long as you say it in like a, a civil way, like there's no reason to be like that. Don't be an asshole. You don't be an asshole about it. You know, there's this it's a conversation. The, the people, um, the but people if, that really <laughs> piss me off are the people that are responding to the tweets and the articles and be like, huh, didn't know they emulated uh, Metroid Dread. Guess I'll go play it on my PC now. Wait, 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 wait. Like you're an asshole. Oh, yeah. You're just um, an asshole. Yeah. But uh, but no, if this is something that you would like to, um, you know, talk about us with, interact with us with, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we have an email, bentobgaming at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter, at bentobgaming. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, I think that's all of our bases. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at the mechanic, at T-H-E-M-E-C-H-A-N-I-C-K. Um, I don't really have anything to to plug really haven't been streaming haven't been doing a lot of different things so uh uh jordan is there anything that you want to talk about before we head off for the day nah i'm good wrap us up all right cool well again thanks for listening to us if you like this episode please share the podcast with a friend it helps us out greatly uh thank you as always to danger wolf for creating the intro and outro uh music to our lovely podcast please check him out on youtube on soundcloud uh wherever you you listen to music and uh, hopefully join us next week where we hunt down pirates who are stealing games. And I like, I mean, like, I'm assuming it's like actual pirates, like pirates that have like, you know, eye patches and shit. But like, instead of muskets, they have like USBs and, and MacBooks and they're just, they're going to like MU Paradise and stealing things. So join us next week, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>